Kim by Roger Kipling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Kim by Roger Kipling. Read by Adrian Pretzelis. Chapter 11, Part 1. Give the man who is not made to his trade swords to fling and catch again. Coins to ring and snatch again, Men to harm and cure again, Snakes to charm and lure again. He'll be hurt by his own blade, By his serpents disobeyed, By his clumsiness berayed, By the people mocked to scorn. So tis not with juggler born, Pinch of dust or withered flower, Chance flung fruit or borrowed staff, Serve his needs and sure his power, Bind the spell or loose the laugh. But a man who, etc. The Juggler's Song, Opus 15 Followed a sudden natural reaction. Now I am alone, all alone, he thought. In India is no one so alone as I. If I die to-day, who shall bring the news, and to whom? If I live, and God is good, there will be a price upon my head, for I am a son of the charm, I, Kim. A very few white people, but many Asiatics, can throw themselves into amazement, as it were, by repeating their own names over and over again to themselves, letting the mind go free upon speculation as to what is called personal identity. When one grows older, the power usually departs, but while it lasts, it may descend upon a man at any moment. Who is Kim? 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 He squatted in a corner of the clanging waiting-room, wrapped from all other thoughts, his hands folded in lap, and pupils contracted to pinpoints. In a minute, in another half-second, he felt he would arrive at the solution of the tremendous puzzle. But here, as always happens, his mind dropped away from those heights with the rush of a wounded bird, and passing his hand before his eyes, he shook his head. A long-haired Hindu Bairagi, holy man, who had just bought a ticket, halted before him at that moment, and stared intently. "'I also have lost it,' he said sadly. "'It is one of the gates to the way. But from me it has been shut many years. What is the talk? said Kim, abashed. Thou wast wondering there in thy spirit what manner of thing thy soul might be. The seizure came of a sudden. I know. Who should know but I? Whither goest thou? Toward Kashi, Benares. There are no gods there. I have proved them. I go to Pairag, Alabad for the fifth time, seeking the road to enlightenment. What faith art thou? I too am a seeker, said Kim, using one of the lama's pet words. Though, he forgot his northern dress for the moment, though Allah alone knoweth what I seek. The old fellow slipped the Baraji's crutch under his armpit, and sat down on a patch of ruddy leopard skin as Kim rose at the call for the Benares train. "'Go in hope, little brother,' he said. 
It is a long road to the feet of the One, but whither do we all travel? Kim did not feel so lonely after this, and ere he sat out twenty miles in the crowded compartment, was cheering his neighbours with a string of most wonderful yarns about his own and his master's magical gifts. Benares struck him as a particularly filthy city, though it was pleasant to find how his cloth was respected. At least one-third of the population prays eternally to some group or other of the many million deities, and so reveres every sort of holy man. Kim was guided to the temple of the Tirthankars, about a mile outside the city, near Sanath, by a chance-met Punjabi farmer, a Kambot from Jalandoway, who had appealed in vain to every god of his homestead to cure his small son, and was trying Benares as a last resort. "'Thou art from the north?' he asked, shouldering through the press of the narrow, stinking streets, much like his own pet bull at home. "'Ay, I know the Punjab. My mother was a Paharin, but my father came from Amritsra, by Jandaila.' said Kim, oiling his ready tongue for the needs of the road. "'Jandaila! Jalandur! Oho! Then we be neighbours in some sort, as it were.' He nodded tenderly to the wailing child in his arms. "'Whom dost thou serve?' "'A most holy man at the temple of the Tirthankars.' "'They are all most holy and most greedy,' said the Jat, with bitterness. I have walked the pillars and trodden the temples till my feet are flayed, and the child is no whit better, and the mother being sick too. Hush, then, little one. We changed his name when the fever came. We put him in girls' clothes. There was nothing we did not do except—I said to his mother when she bundled me off to Benares, she should have come with me. I said Shaki Swara Sultan would serve us best. We know his generosity, but these down-country gods are strangers." The child turned on the cushion of the huge corded arms, and looked at Kim through heavy eyelids. "'And was it all worthless?' Kim asked, with easy interest. "'Worthless! All worthless!' said the child, lips cracking with fever. "'The gods have given him a good mind, at least,' said the father proudly. "'To think he should have listened so cleverly. Yonder is thy temple. Now I am a poor man. Many priests have dealt with me. But my son is my son, and if a gift to thy master can cure him, I am at my very wit's end.' Kim considered for a while, tingling with pride. Three years ago he would have made a prompt profit on the situation, and gone his way without a thought. But now the very respect the Jat paid him proved that he was a man. Moreover, he had tasted fever once or twice already, and knew enough to recognise starvation when he saw it. "'Call him forth, and I will give him a bond on my best yoke, so that the child is cured.' Kim halted at the carved outer door of the temple. A white-clad Oswal banker from Ajmir, his sins of usury new wiped out, asked him what he did. "'I am Chela to Teshu Lama, and holy one from Bautiyal, within there.' 
He bade me come. I wait. Tell him. Do not forget the child, cried the importunate Jat over his shoulder, and then he bellowed in Punjabi, O Holy One, O Disciple of the Holy One, O gods above all the worlds, behold affliction sitting at the gate. That cry is so common in Benares that the passers never turned their heads. The Oswal, at peace with mankind, carried the message into the darkness behind him, and the easy, uncounted eastern minutes slid by, for the lama was asleep in his cell, and no priest would wake him. When the click of his rosary again broke the hush of the inner court, where the calm images of the arhats stand, a novice whispered, "'Thy chela is here,' and the old man strode forth, forgetting the end of that prayer. Hardly had the tall figure shown in the doorway than the jat ran before him, and, lifting up the child, cried, "'Look upon this holy one, and if the gods will he lives, he lives!' He fumbled in his waist-belt, and drew out a small silver coin. "'What is now?' the lama's eyes turned to Kim. It was noticeable that he spoke far clearer Urdu than long ago under Zamzamah but the father would allow no private talk. "'It 